welcome to Dr. Carol's Couch with your host, Dr. Carol Lieberman. All comments, views, and opinions are solely those of Dr. Lieberman, her guests, and callers. Now it's time to have a seat on Dr. Carol's Couch. Here's your host, Dr. Carol Lieberman. And welcome to today's edition of Dr. Carol's Couch. I'm your psychiatrist host, Dr. Carol Lieberman. Today I have, um, well, I, I hesitate to say a lot of a fun topic or a fun guest because we're going to be talking about a, a, a serious topic, murder, but we're also going to be talking about um, a new trend. I think this is becoming a new trend. You've probably heard about the uh, podcast and then the television show, uh, making a murderer, and there seems to be this um, burgeoning trend of unsolved murders being brought to the world's attention by people making podcasts. So um, today, my guest is Freddie Wilson, and he has created a new podcast. So far, there are three episodes um, online, and I'll give you all the information to, as to where you can find them. Um, but he is uh, trying to solve an unsolved murder from 2009, which was of someone who he knew or had a connection to. And um, this is the <laughs> what was this is the uh, dangiest, <laughs> dangiest um, confusion of you know. There's there's so many um, oh so many parts to this. Um, unsolved murder. I mean, so many potential threads that have not been followed. And um, he is trying to draw people's attention to it so that somebody, maybe the FBI, um, since apparently the small town <laughs> is uh, not doing, has not done very much, and um, we can talk about some of the reasons why that is. But um, let me welcome you to the show, Freddie. Well, thank you for having me, Dr. Carroll. I really appreciate it. Now, I met Freddie, not um, in person, person, but over the telephone, I met Freddie because he was looking for a forensic psychiatrist, such as myself, to analyze um, whatever information he did have, particularly an autopsy report, but just um, I kind of went beyond that uh, to, you know, to finding out, well, asking all kinds of questions of Freddie, um, and he has been trying to solve, you know, or answer these questions and some of them he has been uh, able to answer. But, you know, with each question, Freddie, that you have been able to answer, you seem to have been finding more questions. Yep. <laughs> well, why don't, let's start deeper. from the be- What did you say? I said it just gets deeper and deeper. Yes. So let's start with the beginning. Why this is, your podcast is called Unforgotten, The Unsolved Murder of Matt Stewart. So let's just start from the beginning with a little bit about who you are. You're not a forensic anything, um, how you got into this, why you got into this. Sure. Um, well, I uh, am, uh, like you said, not, not um, skilled really in any kind of medical profession or uh, uh, trained in any kind of uh, investigative uh, work. Um, I'm actually a community organizer, uh, so I work for a nonprofit Um I majored in peace and conflict studies um, and uh, for a long time was a, and, and still am a bit a singer-songwriter. So I've always been more of the creative type. Um, this is something that I never in a million years would have thought that I would do. Um, but kind of what, what drew me to it is 
uh, it was a murder that happened in a com- within kind of a community that I was a part of, a small uh, Christian church that housed a private school that I went to in, in high school. And um, someone who went to the church, um, who actually had a daughter who was a classmate of mine, was murdered in 2009. And as a kid, you know, it was it was shocking to me growing up in a in an area of North Carolina, a part of the country uh, that things like this rarely ever happen. Um, you know, murder is very rare. Um, it's a very safe community. Um, so it, it took all of us by surprise, particularly the violent nature of it and just how random it seemed. Um, and it definitely affected me. I knew some of uh, this person, uh, some of his best friends were my teachers at school. So I had to kind of watch them mourn his death and, and try to make sense of this. So it impacted me. But I think I, I kind of held on to the naive notion that, okay, well, eventually this will be solved. Law enforcement are looking into it. And as I got older, went to college, I kind of kept my eye on it, but was disillusioned by there being no answers and, and no one ever looking into it. Not There is no investigative reporting really on it or anything of that nature. Probably the local news uh, really didn't pick it up at all. So um, when I learned about these podcasts, uh, my older brother got me on to Serial and uh, a podcast called Up and Vanished, and I, I learned about these little independent projects that could actually make progress on a cold case. I decided that someone needed to do it, uh, something like this on Matt Stewart's case, and I, for a couple months, really tried to get someone to do it. I reached out to different podcasters, different news outlets, different local newspapers and really tried to coerce some friends into doing it uh, who have, you know, are documentary filmmakers and, and whatnot. And eventually I was left with the reality that it would have to be me. Um, so I've just kind of been uh, working my way into it and learning the ropes and uh, trying to make something that's coherent, uh, that is interesting, um, and that can get the, the word out there. Um, and that's really the goal is to bring national attention to this really tragic story. Well, you know, um, I started out by listening to the podcast that I was interviewed on, of course, right? <laughs> and um, which was podcast number three. And I just got, first of all, it was so incredibly well done, but I just got so caught up with, in it. And even though I knew the story from you, you know, I knew what you knew by that, at that point. Um, but I, I had to had to listen to it. So I just, you know, in the middle of my day, I just stopped everything and listened uh, from one to the other. And um, it, it really did an amazing job. Now, why don't you give us uh, sort of the beginnings of the story, like what happened, and then we can get into trying to figure out who done it. Sure. <laughs> well, it was, uh, it, it was a summer night in July of 2009. It was um, for public school, it was the last day of the night before the last day of school. Um, and this little suburban neighborhood, uh, little subdivision in suburban Charlotte, uh, a town called Mooresville, um, not, not too different from the little neighborhood that I grew up in. Um, there was, uh, it, someone that came into a small, uh, two story house and walked upstairs and, uh, began shooting at the bed. Uh, in the bedroom of uh, Matt and Angel Stewart, uh, who were sleeping next to their one-year-old child. 
um, and they they didn't wake up until until the the, the person started firing, um, and and as Angel the the widow of Matt tells the story, the uh, Matt uh, jumped up and started defending her against this intruder as she and and the child ran out out of the house um, and ran across the street to a neighbor's house. Um, and they called 911 at the neighbor's house. And the, when police got there, I believe within eight minutes, very, very quick response time, but they, they didn't actually enter the house until uh, 100 minutes later. Uh, I'm told that was because of some sort of fear or suspicion that there was a hostage situation. Um, and when they finally did enter the home, they found the body of Matt Stewart upstairs in his master bathroom. He had been stabbed, shot, and, and beaten, um, and he, he, they declared him uh, dead at the scene. But down the hall, they found the couple's three-year-old daughter who was asleep in, in her bedroom. Uh, she allegedly slept through the entire incident. Um, so the, they, of course, called the, for, for, since it is kind of a small town, they called for the State Bureau of Investigation to come help them with analyzing the crime scene. They brought up um, drug-sniffing, bomb-sniffing dogs from Alabama. Um, and the community, of course, was shocked. Um, and everyone awaited to hear what the conclusions were from the investigation. There was a sketch that came out a couple weeks uh, after this happened. And then about a month after this happened, there was a serial killer um, from Gaffney, South Carolina, who was killed in a, in a gunfight. And for a while, there was this suspicion that maybe he was the, the one to blame. Uh, but about a year or so after, I mean, there was just a radio silence. And you, there's, there's nothing online, really. Um, there was no candlelight vigils or anything. It just, it just kind of all of a sudden stopped. Um, and that's, that's about where I came in nine years later. Uh, it had been, I believe, five years since there had even been a local article written about the case. Yes, this is just so sad. Well, tell us a little bit about Matt Stewart, first of all, and why we should care about sure. him. Well, Matt, I mean, the, the more I've looked into this, the more I've come to, to love this guy. Um, again, I, I never knew him. Uh, I, I, was, I was 16 when he was, when he was killed. He was 31 years old when he died. He was a, a nurse practitioner at the local hospital. Um, he was a, was a hometown kid, grew up in Mooresville, um, went to Moore's, graduated from Mooresville High um, and uh, Mitchell Community College, worked his way through college to get his nursing degree, and um, he, everyone loved him. He, was, he loved kids. Uh, that was his passion. He uh, did Sunday school at church. Uh, he worked with the Sunday school, and then he, his passion was uh, to be a nurse and help kids at the hospital, so he was a pediatric nurse. Um, and that's where, at church, is where he met Angel. Um, he was introduced by a mutual friend. Uh, she had had a daughter at that time, and uh, so they got married in 2002, um, and uh, they had a couple babies. Um, they had a, a, a girl and then a boy, um, and uh, he, he was, everyone that knew him loved him. No one that knew him that I've been able to find would have any idea you know, who, who would want to uh, hurt someone like this? He was just a very, very kind uh, and fun-loving man. You know, that's kind of what, what everyone jokes about is, 
is that he was kind of a, a, a kid himself, and that's why he liked spending so much time with kids. Is, you know, he liked to play soccer in the yard and play tag, and he was a, he was a, a fun guy. Um, the, the, kind of, the kind of person that we, we need a lot more of in this world. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yes, I mean, it's almost, uh, you know, too good to be true. He, and to think that someone that good... I mean, you know, when you think of, of, I mean, it's not okay for anybody to be murdered, but, you know, a pediatric nurse and who has, you know, church going and all of this, all his his background, it just um, seems particularly abhorrent. Um, Right. So, okay, now go into, so, okay, you decided (laughs) there's nobody else who's going to do this podcast, and if you want it done, you have to do it yourself. So how did you go about it? Well, um, you know, I came into it kind of reluctantly. Um, the, the first thing that I did was I, I went on the State Bureau of Investigations website, and I, I was really looking for anything online about it because there's very few things out there that, apart from a couple threads on WebSleuth. Um, so I, I saw that there was a list of cold cases, and Matt Stewart's murder wasn't on the North Carolina Bureau of Investigations cold case list. So first thing I did was reach out and I found that it wasn't a cold case. They said they were still investigating it. Um, so I reached out to the Mooresville PD and I requested some documents. Uh, I got the autopsy report, uh, the medical examiner's report. And, uh, and then I began reaching out to family. Um, there, I had seen on the internet that, uh, certain members of the family had done video, YouTube videos, um, talking about their story. Um, kind of going through this trying time. Um, so I knew that they would, uh, it, it, on some level, would be willing to talk about it. Um, so I uh, began reaching out to family and also the people I knew from the church uh, and from the school, my teachers that had been best friends with Matt. I reached out to them and um, started reporting, you know, conversations. Um, and uh, I reached out to uh, a number of, of experts um, and, uh, you know, one, one of, uh, the only ones, uh, that, that responded and was willing to help with a project that was this small, uh, was Dr. Carroll. So I want to, <laughs> I really want to take this opportunity again to thank you, um, for, for being involved. I know you've done so many incredible things over your career. Um, and with a kid like me, who's got no idea what he's doing, mm-hmm. you went out of your way to help. Um, and that, that really speaks to your, your passion for doing this, this kind of thing. So, yeah, that's how, that's kind of how I, I, at the point where I met you, I was just kind of compiling information. And I think probably around about that time, I realized that the best time to release the podcast would be on the nine year anniversary of his death, uh, which the first episode was released on June 9th of, uh, 2018. Yes, that was a great idea to do it that way, particularly to get more attention for it. Um, so now, so has it been, um, I mean, you, you want to get to the bottom of this. I mean, not only do you want it, the case to be solved because uh, his murder, I mean, somebody should be punished for his murder, but, um, but I mean, I think after you put so much effort into all of this, in, on another level, like intellectually and, and uh, as well as emotionally, that you want to know the answer. I mean, it must be, you know, this is like a, this is like a, 
a giant murder mystery and a personal one at that. So how has it this is been, you know, as you've been going that. along, try, as you've been going along trying to find, get to the bottom of it, how have you been feeling in terms of, you know, is it frustrating or do you think you're getting somewhere? Um, yeah, so, uh, you know, there's, it's, uh, it's a hodgepodge of emotions um, and they kind of come in waves. So there's, you know, points where, you know, pe- people don't want to talk about it um, and, and it's, it can be very frustrating, um, very frustrating um, to try to convey what, what I'm doing and, and, you know, I think people are very skeptical um, and, and then there, you know, there, there are probably people out there that do know some, something uh, maybe about more of the details of, of the murder that don't want to, that don't want to talk for whatever reason and that to me is very frustrating um, and, and, and can be very um, emotionally taxing. Uh, but then, then again, there's also people, uh, friends of Matt, neighbors of Matt, who have gone out of their way to help me, uh, have let me into their homes, uh, have, you know, encouraged me and kept me going that, uh, you know, that, that almost makes up for it. And, and also, you know, hearing from all these people that have suffered for so long saying that no one was ever going to come and, you know, they, they kept waiting for some network to pick it up or someone to take up the mantle. Um, that, that encouragement has kind of helped to offset some of the disappointment. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, why don't we, um, let's see, I'm trying to think of when we're going to, when we have to take a break, which is just about now. So why don't we take a break now? And when we come mm-hmm. back, um, I want to get into some of the, you know, the, the, the usual and unusual suspects and what you've been hearing from some people and what, you know, what you've put some, so far on the, uh, on the podcast. And sure. uh, then I'll save my, I'll try to save my opinions for the, <laughs> for the last segment of this show. Um, but, um, but, you know, and, I, and I'm sure it's also interesting that as, as you posted the podcast, now that there are these three, you must be getting um, responses to that and maybe new information. So I want to go uh, sort mm-hmm. of go through the whole thing um, of, of who the people are who you interviewed and what they had to contribute to the puzzle and where we are and, and ending up with where we are now. So my guest again is Freddie Wilson. His podcast is called Unforgotten: The Unsolved Murder of Matt Stewart. So stay tuned. You're listening to Dr. Carol's Couch, and I'm your psychiatrist host. Dr. Carol Lieberman. Ask the experts. Call toll free right now. 1 866 472 5787. And ask our all star team to answer your questions. That's 1 866 472 5787. Thank you for calling. VoiceAmerica.com. Are you having difficulty coping with these troubled times? Do you want help? Then contact Dr. Carol Lieberman today at www.drcarol.com. Dr. Carol is a certified psychiatrist who not only has won an Emmy, but is a regular on top television shows like Oprah Winfrey and Larry King. She's here to help you through books, CDs, and helplines. Having trouble relaxing? Check out her relaxation CD. Has the fear of terrorism crippled your life? Call the Terrorism Hotline. 
And if you're having trouble with relationships, check out her book, Bad Boys. Dr. Carol wants to help you today, so contact her at www.drcarol.com or for immediate help at 1-900-860-COPE. Get help making sense of these troubled times. www.drcarol.com These days, everyone is looking for information on staying young, healthy, and fit. The Voice America Health and Wellness Network is here to help you on your quest to better health and a better you. We talk about everything from diet, fitness, and aging to substance abuse, personal growth, mental health, and much more. Learn from our experts who cover health and wellness from traditional and holistic perspectives. Tune in to the Voice America Health and Wellness Network. Healthy living starts here. Stimulating talk gets those synapses in the brain firing really fast. All the time. The number one Internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com Welcome back to Dr. Carol's Couch. If you have a question or comment for Dr. Carol, dial toll-free at 1-866-472-5788. Now back to the show, here's Dr. Carol Lieberman. And welcome back to Dr. Carol's Couch. I'm your psychiatrist host, Dr. Carol Lieberman. Today we're talking about making a podcast (laughs) to solve a murder. And um, my guest is Freddie Wilson. His podcast, new podcast, uh, just posted, well, starting actually on the the nine-year anniversary of the murder of Matt Stewart, um, June 9th. Uh, and uh, which was June 9th, 2009. And, um, and we're going to be talking about um, all of the, well, I mean, we, we would be here for a week to talk about all of the things that uh, Freddie has unlocked so far, all of the oddities of this murder that he is, has unlocked. Um, but certainly he is passion, on a passionate quest to unlock it and has been finding some really interesting things and getting people to talk to him who, you know, in some cases it seemed like they were surprised, uh, Freddie, to be talking to you, uh, you know, to be saying to, that you got them to talk about these things, you know, that they, that they wanted to keep hidden. I mean, some of them wanted to talk about it because they also want to find the murderer, but some of them seem rather um, scared, you know, that uh, they're going to say something they shouldn't say, maybe they'll offend somebody, or maybe, maybe they know who the, or they think they know who the killer is, Whatever, and one of the people, of course, that that stuck, sticks out and it, who is on one of the three podcasts is the sister of Matt mm-hmm. Stewart. So tell us about her interesting interview. Well, it was you know probably of all the people that I've talked to, um, her the her interview was the most emotional. Um, she's been um, really the one that has carried uh, that. She's been the curator of of Matt's memory almost, um, on, on, uh, social media and, uh, just in the family, um, you, you could tell that she had a very close relationship and this, you know, of course was, was very devastating. So, so the interview was, was hard. Um, it, it was, it was difficult, uh, to, to get through, but very, um, I was very appreciative that, that she took the time and that she was, you know, willing to talk about something I know is uncomfortable. And then, Kind of there at the end, she um, started to talk about, uh, I guess, a scenario that I was unaware of, uh, where she suggested that there was someone. I, I had asked if if there was anyone that she thought of that would want to hurt Matt that was close to them, 
when she suggested that it was a personal attack and and she you know sort of hesitated and and you know said that there there was something that she really can't talk about um which you know kind of took me off guard um and uh that the you know the event eventually uh you know she's asked she asked not to she doesn't want to talk about it and uh i of course said that's fine um and and that was uh that we we've switched topics um so uh so that was that was interesting when that happened it kind of uh it let me know. I think it was a turning point for me, knowing that there are things about the case, about the situation that were not reported on, um, that weren't uh, really ever uh, consumed by the public, uh, public knowledge. So um, I, I knew at that point that I was looking for something. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yes, it's very chilling, that part of the interview. It's like she's stumbling over her words. You know, she's like part of her, she's fighting herself. Part of her wants to tell you, is dying to tell you. And then she yeah, realizes... I felt, I felt like that. Yes. That it, it, would... it felt like she was wanting to tell me something, but, you know, a part of her was also thinking that it was not a wise thing to say at that time. Uh, yeah. So, you know, and then I, <laughs> I respected that, that she wanted to, to, to not say what, what she had maybe considered saying. Of course, maybe by the end of the podcast and, you know, as this does get talked about, about more, you know, I, I mean, one thing, um, are you making sure to the extent that you can that the Mooresville PD or the FBI or somebody uh, is listening to the podcast? I've talked with the lead investigator and, and uh, he... he I guess I was left with the impression that he is listening to the podcast. Um, I, 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 yeah, I, I would say I'm, I'm, I'm confident that they are, um, and I'm, and I'm certainly giving them all the information that that I found um, that uh-huh. that I think is is pertinent. Um, I'm, I'm giving to them. Um, I, my, my main goal is for the investigation to be successful. I, I'm not naive to the fact that I'm probably not going to. <laughs> to solve the murder, uh, to solve the mystery myself. Uh, my aim really is to create a, a situation where more people talk and I can maybe point police to someone that can give them new information they didn't have before, maybe connect it with something else and, and you know, be able to get to the bottom of it enough to make an arrest. Well, I mean, that's kind of what I was thinking in regard to Matt's sister, that if they heard her hemming and hawing, you know, they could presumably call her in and get her to tell what she knows or what she thinks. It's my my it's my impression that they do. Um, you know, I, I don't I don't think that. Um, uh, I I I think uh, she's probably she was probably referencing something that, and I believe she even said in the interview that it was someone that was ruled out. Um, so, well, you know, yeah, but, was, you know, then that goes to the whole thing that I, that why don't you talk about how there are so many things that are suspicious and ter- that make it look like the police department from the beginning, you know, like you talked about um, how long it took for them to get in, which is crazy because here this three-year-old little girl, daughter, was in there in her bedroom, one thought. I mean, she had been when this happened. Um and yet they waited all this time, even though presumably the wife 
would have told them that her daughter is in there. I mean, I, I would have thought they would have rushed in right away to try to protect the daughter. Yeah, that's something I haven't gotten an answer to. You know, I've talked not on the podcast, but uh, I've, I've spoken with some friends in, in law enforcement, and they, they were perplexed by that situation, um, you know, really not being, unless there must, I guess, have been something that would have suggested to them that there was a hostage situation, but it would have likely been something beyond just an assumption or a suspicion. It would have, they would have really had to been tipped off uh, or gotten some sort of strong impression to have waited a hundred minutes. Um, that, that, you know, seems, seems very, very interesting, you know, seems like something they would not, they would want to go in immediately as soon as they possibly could. Um, and I don't, you know, I, I don't know the answer to that. Mm-hmm. Well, tell us some of the other things that you found especially interesting. Uh, well, uh, there was no sign of forced entry, um, which is, you know, odd in, in kind of this, this scenario. Um, I, I believe, um, I'm, not, I'm not sure it hasn't been stated publicly about how that was, was able to happen. Um, if there was a door, it maybe accidentally left open. Um, but uh, there was nothing taken from from the house, so kind of in the if the idea was that it was a random killing, typically from what I gather, you know, you have maybe someone that is robbing the place um, that that is looking for valuables, and from what I've I've gathered, there there was no valuables taken, um, so it, it seemed very much like a targeted. Um, attack uh, there. You know, I, I went actually drove down there uh, not not too long ago, a couple weeks ago, to to meet with some neighbors. And uh, the house is not really right off the off of a main road or anything. Um, it's not the you know the first house on the block or anything like that that you would maybe associate with uh, a house that would be an easier target. Um, it's it's kind of tucked away back in this neighborhood. Um, mm-hmm. so, so that just kind of complicates, complicates things. Um, there were multiple caliber bullets found at the scene, um, to, which maybe would suggest that there were multiple firearms used. Uh, and, and there was also, he, he was stabbed with a, a sharp instrument. So it's as, as, as if the, this person was, was heavily armed, um, had, Possibly multiple guns and uh, a knife as well, and blunt force trauma too. Yes, yes. Um, so it was, uh, um, you know, it was a struggle that that took place. Um, I think is what the uh, on the last episode I was, you know, fortunate enough to have uh, an expert uh, forensic pathologist um, look over the autopsy, and really her conclusion was. What what we know is that he fought. Um, they, you know, he he fought back significantly, um, which uh, is a real testament to his strength. And you know, I, I I know I've heard a lot about that he was athletic, um, but but he after being shot, sprung sprung up and fought this man, um, and uh, it you know he did he didn't go down without a fight. Mm-hmm. Um. What about you, um, 
you spoke, I'm trying, <laughs> trying to talk about anything and everything other than getting to who it is that I think did it. Um, so <laughs> well, I guess else? another, um, uh, you know, it, uh, something that we'll be exploring more in the, in the next episode, it was talked about a little bit in the last episode and maybe mentioned throughout the podcast uh, is the serial killer, Patrick Tracy Burris, um, you know, when I when I started, I didn't really know as much about why he was thought of, other than that he was, a, you know, not I think I believe like thirty miles away was where he was killed. Um, but I I learned that he actually was in the area um, working as a as a day laborer, um, and part of what I've I I did for researching the podcast was doing a Freedom of Information Act and looking at the, the killings that were confirmed to him um, and, and seeing kind of the, the similarities and differences um, between those murders and, and, and how Matt was killed. Um, and it's, it's just a, uh, it's an element to the story that kind of clings on, this, this serial killer. Um, there are still people in the, in the community that think very much that he was the one responsible. Um, and, and there are some uh, circumstance, circumstantial stuff that maybe point to that, but then also a lot of things that point away from it. So it's, it's kind of something to, to further explore. Yes, you were saying that the, the um, method in which he was killed or the, the scene, the, there, there were a number of things about uh, Matt's uh, murder that were different from these other murders of the serial killer. It was. His, his were, were definitely... Uh, drug focused, you know, he was looking for drug money. Um, he, he didn't seem to be killing for really any other reason than that. Um, it is what, what I've gotten from it and what other people have commented. Um, so his, his proximity really is the main thing that, that puts him in that arena. Mm-hmm. And again, since there was nothing taken, you know, no money, no valuables, then that speaks against this serial killer. Well, right, and I yeah, guess... and the and the other oh, go for it. No, go ahead, go ahead. I was going to say the other, you know, odd thing really from what I've heard from Matt's daughter and and others is that there was no evidence really left behind. There was a brutal scene, um, uh, you know, where where Matt was was there was a, clearly a big struggle, um, but there was I'm told a fourth of a fingerprint was all that was left behind. Um, so, you know, as some of the people in the podcast had pointed out, it was almost like this person knew what they were, what they were doing. Um, mm-hmm. they, they really didn't leave much behind for investigators. Um, maybe that's not the case um, because it's an open investigation. Um, you know, we have the, the, uh, the luxury of not knowing, I guess, <laughs> if you want to call it that, or the burden of not knowing. Um, mm-hmm. All, but what I'm told is that there is no evidence left, and and I, as I understand, that's very, very strange for a murder like this. Yes, absolutely. Well, um, let's take a break now. When we come back, I am going to reveal what I um, told Freddie as to my um, opinions now. <laughs> You know, I did not personally interview anybody. I did not. I did look at the at the um, autopsy report, but 
I did listen to the podcast, and I did talk to Freddie uh, pretty, uh, you know, substantially, but he did his best to not influence <laughs> me at all into, uh, into who um, I might think was the murderer or um, who um, caused the murder to happen. Um, but we will talk about that, and I will, uh, you know, First Amendment rights here. As a, as a forensic psychiatrist, it is just my opinion based upon, uh, you know, the evidence that I have seen, which, of course, is not the whole thing. But I do feel strongly about this, and um, as I said in my, in my uh, interview on the podcast, and um, so we can, you know, Freddie, you can talk about the things that either support or don't support um, what I will have to say. Sure. So we'll take a break. Uh, again, my guest is Freddie Wilson. His podcast is called Unforgotten, The Unsolved Murderer of Matt Stewart. So stay tuned. You're listening to Dr. Carol's Couch, and I'm your psychiatrist host, Dr. Carol Lieberman. the experts. Call toll-free right now, 1-866-472-5787, Hello? and ask our all-star team to answer your question. That's 1-866-472-5787. Thank you for calling. VoiceAmerica.com. Are you having difficulty coping with these troubled times? Do you want help? Then contact Dr. Carol Lieberman today at www.drcarol.com. Dr. Carol is a certified psychiatrist who not only has won an Emmy, but is a regular on top television shows like Oprah Winfrey and Larry King. She's here to help you through books, CDs, and helplines. Having trouble relaxing? Check out her relaxation CD. Has the fear of terrorism crippled your life? Call the terrorism hotline. And if you're having trouble with relationships, check out her book, Bad Boys. Dr. Carol wants to help you today, so contact her at www.drcarol.com or for immediate help at 1-900-860-COPE. Get help making sense of these troubled times. www.drcarol.com Follow the Voice America Talk Radio Network on Twitter. We're at Voice America TRN. You'll get the latest fix on what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and general happenings that you should know about at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. Now you don't have to miss anything when you're away from your home or office. Just go to twitter.com forward slash Voice America TRN or follow along with us at Voice America TRN, the Voice America Talk Radio Network. We're on the cutting edge of social media. Can you keep up? Streaming live. The leader in Internet talk radio. VoiceAmerica.com Welcome back to Dr. Carol's Couch. If you have a question or comment for Dr. Carol, dial toll-free at 1-866-472-5788. Now back to the show, here's Dr. Carol Lieberman. And welcome back to Dr. Carol's Couch. I'm your psychiatrist host, Dr. Carol Lieberman, talking with Freddie Wilson today about his podcast, Unforgotten, The Unsolved Murder of Matt Stewart, which will hopefully be solved after all the work that he's been putting in. You know, during the break, I was talking to him about, um, uh, he's been, he was telling me about how he has started getting threats, and we'll talk about that, uh, but I promised him that if he goes missing, I will make a podcast about him. <laughs> <laughs> 
probably little solace, but I'm not, I will make a podcast and I will make sure that it gets promoted all over the place. I guess we shouldn't laugh, but um, I think you're going to be safe. And I will I, let, let me say that in regard to what I'm going to be saying now, um, this is all me. Matt did not. I'm uh, Matt. Um, Freddie did not um, influence me. Yes, I asked certain questions, and he just told me facts. So no, if you know, this is nothing to do with him. Now, <laughs> now, Freddie, if I go missing, <laughs> you need to make a podcast about me. Um, well, I know how when, to do it now. So yes, right. <laughs> um, when when Freddie started telling me this story, and he sent me some materials, but when he started telling me about it, about the how, the murder itself, um, the first thing that struck me as odd was how his wife. And yes, I am. I mean, I I'm not going to. Uh, t- I'm talking about in my mind. Um, as a forensic psychiatrist, with what I have read and seen and so on, um, my conclusion, hypothesis, I should say, is that it was the wife, Angie, not that she was the one who did the killing, the murder, but that she got someone to do it on her behalf. Because for one thing, uh, well, for one thing, uh, there is an interview that Freddie did with a good friend, probably one of the best friends of Matt, who happened to offhandedly say that he was with Matt um, the, the day before, the weekend before, and they were talking about their marriages, and Matt talked about how he was having problems with his wife. But that certainly is not the key thing. The first thing that, that Freddie said that got me to pay attention to the wife was how the wife only got um, a wound, a graze wound, or or so, we don't. Apparently, we don't even really know yet what wound. But someone in, in on the podcast said that it didn't look like a, um, or I don't know where I'm gunning this, but that someone said that it didn't look like a gunshot wound. It was some kind of, yeah, sort of was, indeterminate. Yeah, uh, someone did say that on the podcast. Yes. Okay. So you know, in other words, what could have happened is that um, she set up someone to murder her husband. Uh, therefore, the daughter, there was no forced entry, um, and and she escaped. You know, also no surprise. And the graze or whatever on her hand, or was to make it look like uh, she was shot at. And um, uh, the fact that she then one of the key things is that she left her uh, three-year-old daughter. She took the baby, who was actually in bed with her and Matt, her, and Matt. And she, she went running across to her neighbor. Now, um, uh, the neighbor had some interesting things to say, too. They kind of thought she was acting strange as, as the wife of someone who had just been murdered, or shot at at least, what she knew. Um, and she left her three-year-old daughter there. She didn't take her. And, and as we were talking about, the police, you know, for some reason came to the conclusion that it was a hostage situation. Of course, the thing is, I mean, if you, if you watch the U in Criminal Minds, they go in in those hostage situations. I mean, yes, there's, you know, there's um, SWAT teams and so on, but, but you know, you call out to the, to the hostage, I mean, in real life, too, not just SPU, but in Criminal Minds, but you call at police call, try to make contact with the yeah. criminal, um, you know, so you don't just sit there and wait. And if it is a hostage situation, the criminal asks for something. They don't just sit there with a hostage. So that none of that makes sense. Um, what else? What, the daughter, the older daughter, 
for the first time in her life, was sent to a friend's house for a sleepover. Never had had a sleepover before. And that night, coincidentally, she was sent away to have a sleepover. So, you know, if the wife knew that there was going to be a hired murderer, um, you know, she was protecting her, her older daughter anyway. What else? Um, the, um, the wife's mother came to the house about an hour later, or, or was it less, um, Freddie? What was that? The, the wife's mother came to the house. Um, yeah, there, there are reports um, that, that, you know, what was in the last episode uh, was an anonymous, um, someone that wanted to remain anonymous, um, who talked about um, Matt's mother-in-law uh, being at, at the scene, um, driving around in her car, um, and, you know, what, what, uh, she had, uh, was told that she kind of got there and she said she somehow knew that Matt was, was hurt and she wondered, she, her question was why, how did she know that Matt was hurt when she had just gotten there and, and supposedly had no idea about the scenario and right. she apparently it said she had just had the feeling that, right, right. that that had happened. It was like a intuition. And the, and the neighbors uh, where the wife went, to, you know, to first, um, uh, said that she didn't make any other phone calls. So it's not like she called her mother to say Matt's hurt, Matt's been murdered. Um, so, you know, so, in other words, somehow the wife's angel's mother knew and came there without any evidence of her having been told um, after the fact. So Angel might have persuaded someone by giving them money, sex, promises of being with them after Matt was killed, or, since it's a very religious community, convincing them that God wanted them to save her from Matt by killing him. In other words, she could have lied and said that he was abusive or whatever. Any of these things um, to convince somebody to to do the dirty deed. Uh, What else? Um, Matt's sister, uh, who, you know, was very hesitant. I mean... You know, Matt's parents apparently um, haven't come out against Angel, the wife, and of course, no, not, and, not and at I, all. No, they, yeah, not at all. And, pro- and probably, possibly, that was the sister's motivation in not revealing her thoughts about it, because the parents and probably the sister as well want to remain in contact with Matt's two children, and if they, you know, um, implicated Angel. Um, then her hu- current husband and her family might well try to keep them away from um, from the children. So that would be their their um, reason or a reason for them to not uh, implicate her. Um, what else? Um, there was something about the grandmother. Tell us about about uh, the grandmother, Matt's grandmother. Well, um, you know, when, when the more I talked with, with people in the community, people that knew Matt, they more that his relationship with his grandmother came up and people kind of indicated that his grandmother had had a, um, a sincere passion, a strong passion of um, finding answers and finding justice for Matt. And Mandy said that too in, in her interview, you 
you can hear her, you know, talk about her grandmother and how sad it was and difficult it was when she passed, not never knowing um, the, the the truth. Uh, and so I, I, because she had passed away, I, of course, couldn't figure out, couldn't a- ask her what, what her thoughts were, what her experience was, but I did reach out to a family member who, who uh, knew her well, who was willing to talk with me under the condition that they remain anonymous. So, so that's where that um, well, and the, they said the last they, interview from. Yes, but they, they said that some, somewhere you got it, that someone said that they thought that she had said that um, she thought that the wife had been involved in it. The grandmother? Yes, that there was something that the... That I, there was I, something, de- I never... You don't remember? That, that was never said ver- verbatim. Um, well, there was... Uh, well, maybe not verbatim. Okay, I'll let, I'll leave you alone on that. But then there's also um, the wife made a uh, was asked to make a sketch. Was asked to give her opinion about you know who the murderer was um, to a sketch artist, and um, all she would say was that it was a dark figure. You know, she was trying to say that she didn't get a good look at him. It was dark and all that. And then she she told the sketch artist uh, what to draw, or and and the picture that came out looked like Matt. Um, it was, um, you know, with the beard, the mustache, a high forehead, um, the eyes were like Matt's. Matt was in a gray t-shirt when he was killed, and that's what she had uh, the murderer wearing. It, you know, it, very, very strange. I mean, that would be a way to protect someone who she may have hired or otherwise convinced uh, to kill him. And then, of course, the kill itself was overkill, as was alluded to here today, you know, with uh, shots and stab wounds and blunt, blunt trauma and so on. And um, uh, there, was, there, were, there was a video of Angel, um, that is a, a Christian music video, in which um, there's part of it that's supposed to be acting and part of it that's not supposed to be acting, in which she says some very strange things um, that also seem to implicate her. Um, what else? Uh, I'm not asking you. You don't have to say anything. <laughs> oh, well, then also, the wife's grandmother owns or owned uh, a big insurance agency. So, of course, you know, that brings up the most typical reason or one of the that, reasons. That I don't know. I, I, I've, I've seen that on a, on a forum. Uh, I have not confirmed that to do to be accurate, I will say. Uh, All right. Well, let's talk uh, about the yeah. reaction that you got to the podcast so far. Now, in the podcast so far, my interview really was mostly about the overkill, and I mentioned about maternal instinct, that it didn't seem uh, to make sense or to ring true that the wife would have left the house without her three-year-old daughter. So um, what kind of reaction have you been getting? Um, well, you know, I, I'd say overwhelmingly um, it, it has been positive. Um, it's been um, uh, people reaching out and, and saying, you know, I can't believe that it's been so long without anyone looking into this um, and, and, and really just thanking me for, for putting myself out there and doing this. And you said that there were some people who were happy to hear what I said. They, they said, um, thank goodness, or words to this effect, thank goodness someone, someone finally said that. And then you got some negative reactions yeah. to that. So what was that about? Well, I think 
you um, you uh, highlighted some questions um, that that people have have felt have gone unanswered uh, for uh, for a very long time. Uh, perhaps questions that they they they've asked or wish that they could ask. Um, that that you know, I think the podcast brought to the forefront and asked. You know, you you asked those questions um, or made those observations. Um, and, and there was certainly a lot of people that uh, I got feedback saying, you know, that that um, forensic psychiatrist, that Dr. Carroll, you know, she <laughs> she knows what she's talking about. She's straightforward. You know, she's just she's telling it like it is. Um, and, uh, and but, you know, there, of course, um, I, I think uh, it, it was touching on, a, you know, a very difficult, um, uh, uh, very um what, what, you know, what could be very uh, divisive. Um, and uh, I think, you know, there, there are certain, certainly people that, um, that don't want it to uh, go in any certain direction. Um, <laughs> mm-hmm. And, uh, I, you know, I, I've, I've done my best to, my, my thing is that I want the truth. Um, I'm not, I don't really have any sort of prerogative on, on where it goes at, at all. Um, I, I want the, the person who killed Matt to, uh, be held, you know, to, to be held responsible, uh, to, to face accountability. And I want the community to be safe. I think that there's one thing that we've learned from the autopsy and from doing, you know, looking into this is that this person is clearly dangerous, clearly violent. Um, and what's to say that there's not another victim, uh, Mm -hmm. they need to, they need to be put away. Mm Mm-hmm. Okay, well, that's a perfect place to end. So, Freddie Wilson, let me give out the, um, why don't you give out the, uh, the, the podcast, your, your website. The podcast can be heard on all kinds of Spotify and, and iTunes and so on, but also on his website, so give that out. It would be www.unforgottenpodcast.com. Unforgottenpodcast.com. I hope that we have... Um, spurred your curiosity and your outrage that this wonderful man was killed and that you'll take a listen to the podcast. So thank you, Freddie, very much. And thank you all for listening. You've been listening to Dr. Carol's Couch. And I'm your psychiatrist host, Dr. Carol Lieberman. Thank you for joining us on Dr. Carol's Couch. Join us next week at 1 p.m. Pacific time for another installment of Dr. Carol's Couch. We'll save you a seat. 